0: Hello, this is Pastor Rick, and this is the Prophetic Angle, and I want to talk to you in just a little while about meschatology. Yeah, I invented the word. I combined eschatology with mess and made meschatology out of it. It's something that will make you think, because we're living in a day when I think people have their eschatology all messed up. I don't know how it's going to get better except for revival. All throughout history, people have taken different views of eschatology, and eschatology is basically the doctrine of last things. Last, last things mean the things that come at the end, the end time. Now, if you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that pretty much every generation had their own eschatology because each age would come to an end. Each generation would come to an end. There would be seasons that would come to an end, years that would come to an end, different uh, scenarios that would have a beginning and an ending. For instance, when the Jews went into captivity in Babylon, It ended in 70 years, so that was an eschatological event for them, in a sense. That being said, there has also been an understanding of overall history coming to an end, but that understanding has changed and developed over the centuries, So if we look at John chapter 11, verse 24, when Jesus had told Martha and Mary after they questioned him for having been late to Lazarus's funeral, or even before he died, frankly, they said, you know what, if you'd been here, he wouldn't even have died and So they got in this conversation, and Martha says in verse 24 of chapter 11, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That word last is a Greek word from which we get eschatology. And uh, not being a Greek scholar, I'll give it a try. eschati, eschati, or eschatos is last or last things. Eschatology would be the study of last things. So Jesus said, uh, I am the resurrection and life. Who, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who is coming into the world. So, Martha had a belief in eschatology, and she believed that the righteous would rise again on the last day. Now, if we go back to Daniel, so Daniel chapter 12, let's go there, and um, this will be a series more than likely because it's impossible to cover in 20 minutes. But I want you to understand that I believe with the political situation as it stands right now, that there's a mess in eschatology understanding in the churches and among preachers. And I want to establish some things that I believe are essential. Regardless of your eschatological position, these things are absolutely biblical that I will establish in your hearing so that you know that there are some things that you cannot uh, deviate from. Daniel 12, the pericope reads the time of the end. And, of course, it's the last chapter in Daniel. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, so we could read the rest of this chapter. It's very... Um, profound, and one to be studied. But I just want to point out to you that Daniel is hearing about the end time, and uh, he's being told what to do pertaining to the prophecies and visions and things that he has received and the understanding of it. And basically, there is a general view of a resurrection at the end time given here, Uh, Where both categories of people will rise, some will go to damnation, others will have eternal life. A lot of mysteries in this statement because we we see no reference to the church age. Uh, we, We know that's a mystery at this point. We see no separation between these two events other than a comma, and a conjunction and we see no time separation like a thousand or 2000 years or a year even we we see no time lapse between these two events the resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous but as we read through the bible we begin to get a view that there could very well be a separation between these two things that's hidden in the Old Testament. So that's my point. As you go through, and then Martha picks it up, she says, I know he's going to get up. That's what's going to get up at the last day. But then Paul comes along after he receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he and Peter and John and others have an eschatology in their books, the epistles, even James. And we read, and then we begin to see that there's a time lapse that we need to explore. What is that time lapse? Are there more than one time lapse? In other words, all these things don't happen at one time. We get to 1 Corinthians 15, and we find out that in the moment and the twinkling of an eye that not everybody's going to die, some will be changed in the moment the twinkling of an eye. And that everybody will be changed, even those that were dead in Christ. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18, Paul speaks of what a lot of people refer to as the rapture. The word in First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, is the harpazo, which means snatching away. It's also referred to in uh, 2 Thessalonians 2. And we can continue to lay out the various facets of eschatological understanding, including the millennium, the thousand-year reign. But throughout history, people have struggled with the chronology of eschatology. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen after that? And what's finally going to happen? Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics in this particular episode, but i want you to understand that with the possibility of donald trump returning to the oval office either because of a understanding of a thing called devolution or a re uh, election in 2024 because a lot of people don't believe we'll make it till then and i'm very concerned about just uh, hoping that 2024 will change things. Some people are looking at the midterms, 2022, thinking that that will put a great screeching halt on the agenda of the elite that is rapidly eroding pretty much everything we've ever held dear. And uh, when people look at Donald Trump and they see how God did use him and they aspire to see him back in the Oval Office, ASAP, sometimes their talk approaches that a Messianic, and it makes me a little nervous, obviously, because he is not the Messiah. He's very much a man, and I think we can all agree to that, imperfect, and he has his faults and flaws, but he loves America, and it, it seems like that other than a miracle that we have no explanation for whatsoever, or even the miracle that we do have some explanation for, and that is that Trump returns to the Oval Office. We're we're in a a deep pit of trouble if something doesn't happen um, this year or very, very soon. But if it does, a lot of people have laid out the reasonings why they think it will. You've got the Q followers. You've got the devolution explanation. Then you've got the states, the governors, the midterms. You have the Supreme Court. You have uh, several explanations of how this could come to pass. I know Steve Bannon is talking about 100 seats, 100 years. (laughs) that's quite a stretch at this point but obviously steve Bannon is a fighter and he's doing what he thinks is right and i think he's doing a pretty good job actually he's just saying that in congress if we pick up 100 seats in the, the house then that'll give us 100 years of a reprieve i'm not so sure we have that long of a reprieve. And then you have in the church, you have those that their eschatology seems to have excluded the coming of Jesus. And uh, they want to take over the world, which is noble. I, I, I guess one day the church will rule and reign with Christ, but Jesus has to come. So you can't, exclude the coming of Jesus, the parousia, the epiphania, the apocalypsis, the erkamai. You cannot exclude the second coming. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter nine, I believe it is yet a little while and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. So I'm going to conclude this short introduction to meschatology, because I don't believe meschatology has to be a mess. I'm just saying, if you don't have a settled understanding of the basic idea of eschatology, you can be tossed around by every wind of doctrine, and it will have a bearing on how you live, your outlook, and how you treat other people, and how you view the church itself. So, it's absolutely essential that you know that Jesus is coming back. I'm not saying when he's coming, especially during this episode, I'm saying he is coming. That's what the two angels said when he went away. He said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the clouds? For this same Jesus whom you've seen go away will return again in like manner as you have seen him go away. So he went away in a glorified body. He's coming back in a glorified body. Okay? So we know he's coming back. And we know that the New Testament writers seemed to think he was coming in their lifetime. You know, Paul said, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. And he included himself in that, even though we know that eventually he wound up being a martyr, so he had to take himself out of the picture of the ones that would be alive and remain we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord no he he died he went to sleep in jesus and so he became one of those who he said in first thessalonians 4 that the dead in christ will rise first so we know that jesus is coming now jesus himself said that no man knows the day nor the hour but the father in heaven not that the angels don't know. Only the Father knows the day hour of the return. Jesus is coming back, and there's two things you've got to keep in mind along with that. You need to be ready when he comes. You're not going to be ready if you think that he's postponing his coming. You have to be ready at any time, like right now. Pastor, are you saying he's coming right now? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need to be ready right now. I mean, can any of us tell God what to do? Only his word confines him in what he does. So some people are sure that the Lord has said that his coming is imminent. But that's a discussion we can have a little later. Right now, you need to act as if his coming is imminent because that's the only way you're going to be ready. You can't wait for a certain number of signs to happen. Oh, now I'll get ready. No, get ready today. Today is the day of salvation. Get ready today. So, He's coming, and you need to be ready when He comes. And the second thing, or you could say the third, He's coming, you need to be ready when He comes. And the third thing, again, is... Occupy till he comes. Because you're not going to be ready because you put on a three-piece suit or a nice dress, took a bath. Yes, you should be washed in the blood of Jesus. That's the only way to be ready. But being ready doesn't mean you go outside and stand and look up in the sky. It doesn't mean you put your hand over your on your forehead and you're looking off into the distance waiting for his return or you get on the housetop so you have a head start or you get on a rocket or a plane and you get as high as you can because you're anticipating his coming no occupying means not to take up space but to work while it is day work while you have a chance take care of business do his will that's what you need to be doing So he's coming, be ready when he comes. And how do you do that? By doing his will, occupying till he comes. Don't let your eschatology get messed up. Those three things right there are absolutely essential. Believe he's coming, be ready when he comes, and be active in the kingdom. Work while it's day. Occupy, in other words, until he comes. All right, that's part one of mescatology. And the only reason I'm saying meschatology is because a lot of people's eschatology is in a mess. But yours and mine doesn't have to be. God bless you. Have a great day.